Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. Yeah, hey, no one said philosophy can't be fun. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Uh, listen, we talked about the wrong philosophy in the last episode. Hopefully, you understand the dangers of altruism. Again, forced altruism bad, voluntary altruism good. So make sure you write that one down. Today, we're going to look at the history of philosophy, the importance of philosophy, and finally, we'll look at, in my opinion, the right philosophy. Now, to start this journey, we're going to go back in time like we always do. It's always a good thing to know how we got here. Let's go back to the Middle Ages, also known as the Dark Ages. So that's roughly 500 AD to about 1500 AD. And this was an age ruled by mysticism. And from the ancient Greek word meaning to conceal, medieval mysticism was a set of beliefs surrounding the specifics of feeling a presence of God to understand religion and religious experiments. Being a mystic meant being a member of this concealed group with privy access to knowledge that only came through ritual mystic practices and contemplation, right? So because mystic studies are hidden, they're just look at, look at them like secret ways to connect with God, right? Remove an individual's burden of identity in the reawakening of the divine spirit within each person that was considered to be some of the wisest and most holy of men. So you can see how there was a intellectual decline and a cultural decline, right? If your society is obsessed with feeling the presence of God to understand the world, and also the whole secrecy part did not help. So the Dark Ages were ruled by mysticism. Then came the Age of Enlightenment, or simply the Enlightenment. The Enlightenment included a range of ideas centered on the value of human happiness, the pursuit of knowledge, obtained by means of reason and evidence of the senses, and ideals like liberty, progress, fraternity, toleration, constitutional government, and a separation of church and state. This began the recognition of the object nature of reality. Things are what they are. Irregardless or irrespective, whatever the right word I'm trying to use here is, of any consciousness. So man's mind is capable of knowing reality by using his faculties of reason. So uh, during this time, they started to think logically, right? So they started to w use scientific methods, and that lifted us out of those dark ages that they were at before because they were all just going on one man's relationship with God to navigate the world. And now we get out of those dark ages, and now we're using reason, logical thinking, science as a way to navigate. And that sounds good to me, right? So it's like the rebirth of reason in the minds of men. However, today kind of feels like we're regressing back to the dark ages. Today, science is no longer the identification of object reality, but it feels like it's a tool of a political agenda, right? You get the confused and disillusioned public that doesn't know their ass and their elbow. They don't know what's real and what's not. It's like that old mysticism has replaced the reason on how we acquire knowledge, right? So believing in things without reason 
and often in contradiction to the irrefutable evidence. There's a lot of that going on today. Today, everyone believes what they want to believe. They follow their feelings and they do as they're told. They follow the authorities' feelings. An example of how this works, some people wore a mask because the immense social pressure on not wearing one would make them feel uncomfortable. So they just did it. You know, you ask most people on the street, like, hey, how do we fix this problem? Or how do we address this? And you'll get a lot of, there's no one solution for this, right? Because people create their own reality and everyone can have their own reality. And how do you have a one size fits all? That whole line of thinking and that way of thinking destroys the concept of truth. Okay, which is very dangerous is why we always talk about it. When there is no truth, people are predisposed to following the narrative of the perceived, in quotes, authorities who appear to know what's real. The truth gets discounted and that group thing takes over. The reason gets abandoned in favor of feelings. We're going to be talking a lot about feelings because people seem to be using their feelings instead of their brains. Logical thinking skills are getting diminished. They're not improving, right? We don't have this large uptick in critical thinking, do we? That's why we talk about it, because it's severely lacking. If everyone was thinking critically and logically, we would be in a better place with society and in our country. So people consult their feelings on what to do instead of their philosophy. They just go, oh, how do I feel? They don't reason, right? They don't think it through. Our culture and our society keeps moving further away from facts and reality, right? So every time we have a pandemic or we start getting all worked up over the climate alarmism or the fucking wars we're all in and starting all over the world when we go into recessions like we're already in, every time we go through that stuff and the propaganda that accompanies them pushes us further away from facts and reality. And then we start moving into this fantasy world where... Hey, you can have your own reality. Anything's true if you want it to be. We got fucking cyberspace. We got virtual reality. You know, this is why we have 30-year-old single men still living at home, playing video games, living in the metaverse, watching virtual reality porn. You know, that's not good for the human race. A couple hundred years ago, that guy would already be fucking halfway to retirement. He would have started a family at his young 20s, would have had a house, would have contributed to society, would have got married, would have had kids, would have continued the species evolutionarily. Not today. You know, you hear a lot of talk about, hey, we're heading to transhumanism. You're like, what the fuck does that mean? Well, to put it simply, it's the misplaced hope that artificial intelligence can replace the thinking that the men have failed to do. Like always, we're trying to take the easy way out. Instead of putting some fucking thought and effort into it, we'll let the fucking computer do it. You know, I think the, the number of people that pursue truth through rigorous questioning and rational debate, like using the whole science and scientific method, a few and far between, you know, and why would you if, well, the universe is unknowable, everyone has their own reality, and fucking why bother? And then as a result of that, people are led by fear, and they're just taught to listen to their feelings. And we're talking about this today because change must take place. And the only way change takes place is with that old lost science of critical thinking. Without reality, people are predisposed to believe anything. Can you think of a few examples of, of hearing an otherwise smart person say something really fucking dumb? Because they'll believe anything without reality. If you don't believe in anything, all you can do is follow orders. That's why those individual beliefs and reliance on yourself are so important. Because if you don't have that shit, you're a follower. 
And this whole mindset perfectly suits the elites and the, and the dictators and all the people who are in power at the top of the pyramid calling all the shots. Why we're discussing this is because tyranny is inevitable. And the only way out is you have to know about philosophy and critical thinking. So welcome to Philosophy 101. I never took this class until now, and I found it fascinating. So I do believe in the adage, if you really want to learn something, you'll learn it. and You'll be able to pick it up quickly rather than sitting in school and being force fed this shit. I wouldn't have listened to any of this shit. But philosophy comes from the Greek word philo, which equals love, and sophos, which equals wisdom. So philosophy is the love of wisdom. Hey, all good. And there are several parts of philosophy, right? There's the metaphysics, that is the what is real. You have the ethics, what is of value. You have the epistemology, which is how do we know. You have the political philosophy, how should societies be governed. And you have logic, how do we reason. <clears throat> Look at philosophy as a rational attempt to formulate, understand, and answer fundamental questions. Why do we need it? Well, in order to deal with real life, we need a view of the world and our place in it. Does that make sense? So we're going to go through a couple areas of this philosophy, and we're going to use Ayn Rand's philosophy of objectivism, which really fits with my philosophy, and she does an amazing job of laying it out. Ayn Rand was a thinker and an author from the 60s. You might remember that book, Atlas Shrugged, that's you know, probably the thickest book in the library. But she laid out her philosophy of objectivism, and it starts with embracing the fact that existence exists. Facts are facts, independent of any consciousness or debate. So no amount of, you know, wishing on a star or desperate longing or hopeful pleading can alter the facts. And ignoring or evading the facts doesn't fucking erase them. The facts remain, regardless of what you try to do to them. And in Rand's philosophy, reality is not to be rewritten or escaped, but solemnly and proudly faced. So reality has no alternatives, right? No competitors, nothing transcends it. The universe is what it is, not what we want it to be. Facts are facts, independent of your feelings, wishes, hopes, fears. And this is such a core belief with me because facts fucking matter. Truth matters. Everything else is an emotion. Next is the ep epistemology, which is the theory of knowledge, right? Reason. And Rand's philosophy is embrace the reason as an absolute. This means you choose to face the facts all the time in all areas, whether you're at work, whether you're at home, whether you're on a date, whether you're in business. And you also face the facts no matter what, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant. That is so important, right? The whole purpose of this is to teach us how to reason, how to think conceptually, how to properly define our terms and how to form and apply our principles and what we think and what we know. Another important part of reason is it doesn't just work automatically. You know, you have to turn your fucking brain on. So you have a choice to think or not. And reason is an investigation of what distinguishes reality from opinion. Reason is our only way of perceiving reality. Reason is our only source of knowledge. Reason is our only guide to action and to basic means of survival. Because it's absolute. And we cannot accept any contradictions, which I love that part. 
Because when I'm debating a subject in good faith with others, most times I'll, I'll run into an emotional defense right from that other person, which will always happen when your reason doesn't have the same sensitivity as emotion, right? I get into it with someone when they kept saying people with uteruses. I was like, you mean women? Because listen, reason is absolute. A man cannot get pregnant. Choose to face the facts all the time in all areas, no matter what the consequences, pleasant or unpleasant. So why does man need morality? And the answer you'll get is, well, you know, we must learn to deny our own self-interest and happiness in order to serve other people. That's that altruism bullshit we were talking about yesterday. But the purpose of morality that Rand argues is to teach us what is in our self-interest and what produces happiness. So Rand also says man must choose his actions, values, and goals. The pursuit of his own rational self-interest and his own happiness is the highest moral purpose of his life. You realize your highest potential, you don't exploit others, and you live in harmony with others while respecting their own right to live for their happiness. That's the ethics of this philosophy. It's your self-interest. And finally, the politic part of it, you know, how should societies be governed? According to Rand, the ideal social system is laissez-faire capitalism. When you hear laissez-faire, just think of opposed to government intervention, right? So the best form of political philosophy, according to Rand, and which I also agree with, is laissez-faire capitalism. You know, I don't advocate for capitalism because I love money. I advocate for capitalism because of a deeper philosophical view. So this is Rand, quote, an individual who eagerly faces reality, who embraces his own rational mind as an absolute, and who makes his own life his highest moral purpose will demand his freedom. He will demand the freedom to think and speak and to earn property and associate and trade and to pursue his own happiness, end quote. You know, one of my first podcasts was on capitalism, and I was trying to point out that it's the government interference that produces all the things that people hate about capitalism and all the inequities and all the shit that people blame on capitalism I argue that there's also there's always government intervention that's causing that shit. Because if we had true laissez-faire capitalism, then men would deal with one another free of government regulation. So there's not a winner and a loser, but as traders. Because it would be a free voluntary exchange with mutual benefit. One of the examples I used in the capitalism podcast was, could you imagine how much better your life would be without the government being involved in the economy? Or think of all those big lobbies that have ruined our lives while making their clients rich. Like health insurance, great example. Health insurance wouldn't exist in laissez-faire capitalism. You would just pay a fair price for your medical care directly to the doctor who helped you. There'd be no copay, no premiums, no bullshit, no overpriced drugs to buy. No doctors having to do what's, what the hospital wants them to do instead of what's in their best interest of the patient. Can you see the difference between one free and voluntary exchange with mutual benefit with somebody versus I'm dealing with you, but the government's in the middle and they're taking a piece of the pie. They're moving the scales of balance. So now there are winners and losers, right? The insurance companies are winning and I'm fucking losing. All right, so let's recap. Philosophy is the rational attempt to formulate, understand, and answer fundamental questions. And why do we need it? Well, we need to deal with real life. We need a view of the world and our place in it. And why is that important today? And why the fuck are we talking about philosophy, Nick? Because we have some big issues that are dividing our country, and the path 
to unity requires the right philosophy, one that demands reason, truth, and that acknowledges object fucking reality. And finally, I'd like to just to walk through one important topic and use my philosophy to kind of illustrate the thought process. For this example, we're going to use truth. Is there truth? Is there truth or is, is everything a statement of personal opinion or preference? Is the truth relative? Fuck no. But we have stories today like Rachel Dolezal, who was the Spokane chapter president of the NAACP, who said she feels black, so therefore she is black. She's not black. And you got Emil Rattleband, who petitioned the court to change his age from 69 to 49. Because he feels like a 49-year-old and he want to boost his fucking dating prospects. That ended up in court. Does truth exist? Yes. But we have men with chromosomes and body parts that make them male, declaring themselves to be female. They feel they are one sex or another, therefore they are that sex. And we must accept that, right? Regardless of what the truth is. So is the truth relative? No. Does truth exist? Yes. But you wouldn't know it by today's shit. The whole true for you, but not for me requires an acceptance of obvious contradictions and just denies reality and common sense. And that's what's so frustrating to me. So instead of adjusting our lives to the truth, today we're making the truth adjust itself to us and our feelings. I find it just incredibly difficult to live this way. And I think it's just highly impractical for fucking society to be able to deal with this. We rely on universal truths in order to think clearly, to navigate everyday life. Otherwise, we would get lost quickly. There must be some things that just are true, right? Like a compass. It always points north for everybody, regardless of what direction you'd prefer it to be or you sincerely believe it to be. North is always fucking north. A great definition of truth is the match up with reality. A story, a statement, a belief is only true if it lines up with what's real. It's like that last piece of the puzzle that fits in there perfectly. It all lines up. Reality makes something true. So when you have people talking, the earth is flat, or men can get pregnant, sorry, doesn't match up with reality. No matter how much you fucking want it to, no matter how much you believe, does not match up with reality. I thought the purpose of education was the pursuit of truth, right? You know that, you know, the Harvard logo that says veritas, that's Latin for truth. But whose truth? My truth? Your reality? Is it true for me? Truth is not a matter of opinion or perception. There is only the truth. Truth that is true for everyone. Like North is always North for everyone. When you Say shit like your truth or my truth that undermines the idea of shared common facts. And this is why it gets so muddy because we all entered into this discussion with shared common facts. That's the only way you can discuss shit. But when you start having your truth and my truth, right? Well, if your truth is the truth and everyone who doesn't hold that truth must be wrong. No, that's narcissism. Believe my truth or else. Truth cannot be relative. If it is relative, then it's not truth. And then you get those really deep thinkers like, there is no truth for all people. You know, there is no truth for all people. Well, to declare that there's not a truth for all people is declaring there is a truth for all people. So keep that one in your back pocket. 
And if you play the compromise game, that doesn't work either, right? To declare both your and my opinions are true, even if they contradict one another, is fucking ridiculous. It's nonsensical. Truth isn't opinion or preference. It's not subjective or relative. It's fucking inescapable because reality is inescapable. No amount of double talk will change that. No amount of wishing on a star or really wanting it to fucking be true will change that. Facts don't care about your feelings. North is always north. Reality has no competitors, no alternatives. And when someone says something that is factually untrue, point it out. We need to stop regressing back into the dark ages. Wow, 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 wow,